And I've often joked with Caitlin and said, you know, I feel weird sitting on committee because I'm not part of LGBT community. And she's like, yeah, but you're an ally and we need ally. And I think we actually really do because it's like you might be able to, if I go, well, I'm an ally, why can't you be to other people? And they might start to think, oh, okay, maybe I can do something. Hi folks, my name is Caitlin Grigsby. I'm a pansexual woman living on Gunai Kurnai country, working with the Gippsland Pride Initiative as president and founder. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Barakalong lands of the Gunai Kurnai Nation, and pay my respects to elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. This episode you're about to hear is with Kylie Dubridge McLaughlin. Kylie is an ally, a woman living in the Latrobe City region of Gippsland and an executive team member of the Gippsland Pride Initiative Committee. Kylie's this invaluable human being in that she is like a partner in crime to myself and the executive as secretary. But outside of her formal work in mental health and teaching and and on our committee, she's a very powerful ally in that she has often gone against the grain, been brave and welcoming of the opportunity to agitate conversation, open doors that might not be popular. You know, we've seen her absolute power and advocacy and leadership where she led one of the most successful youth initiatives in Gippsland, uh, a youth space, and it had this enormous makeup of LGBTQIA youth. What she built was this space where queer, amazing young people could go and connect with each other, but they could also get the practical support that isn't here. They could get support joining a sporting club, writing a resume, be connected with mental health supports, be supported on their gender-affirming healthcare journey. And it was on that basis that I recognised the power of Kylie's mentoring ability. And it's been a really, really amazing thing to have on the Gippsland Pride Board so that we start elevating voices that might not normally join these spaces. So I'm just really delighted that Kylie welcomed the opportunity to speak as an ally because I think we need allies at the table so that we can really make change. So listen in because a really different perspective comes from Kylie and her experience, background and, and her journey is a really fascinating one. So listen in and enjoy. I'm Kylie Dubrich mclaughlin My pronouns are she, her, and I sit on the um, Committee for um, Gippsland Pride Initiative. How did you become involved in the initiative? Okay, so um, I've known Caitlin for a really long time, who's our president, and um, she approached me a couple of years ago um, to come and sit on the committee um, and do some mentoring for some of the new committee stuff um, and for being an ally on the committee, I guess, as well. So, yeah, Mm. so um, I sort of went, really? Okay, yeah, sure, let's do it. Because I've always been an advocate, so, um, yeah, really happy to do that in this space. Okay. And what do you feel like it's uh, given you personally? How do you feel? It's one of those things. So I I used to run um, a youth space mm-hmm. and we had a very large LGBTQIA plus young cohort. 
And that was really important. And I've worked in community services for years and worked with a lot of young trans people. And so it was one of my passions was to help and support them because there was no services down here in the valley. Um, Lots of barriers to getting them to services in Melbourne. And that was always very challenging. So for me, having an opportunity to do something that was purposeful Mm. was really good. And I think it's, it's... I guess it's one of my passions because I am very big on diversity and inclusion and don't understand why people aren't. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the, the easiest way. So if yeah. it's something that I can do to, I guess, expand and educate and um, get other people to see it from my perspective, mm-hmm. I think that's yeah mm. what I'd like to do. Yeah. Do you find yourself uh, having to have many conversations with people who aren't? Like yeah, accepting, sometimes, understanding. Yeah. yeah, sometimes. Um, I think it's. I think generally, most people I've encountered have been pretty good when you've put. You know, you've had had a good conversation, um, and they come from a good place. Um, some people don't, and probably never will, and and that's unfortunate. Um, but it's their loss, I think, as mm. well, um, which is yeah, sad, sad for them. Mm. Yeah, but I um I teach at TAFE as well. And um, I teach a diversity um, unit and things like that. And it's really interesting um, because I've included a lot of um, pronoun and gender stuff into that now because there wasn't a lot of um, that diversity in, mm-hmm. the, in the unit. So, mm. so it's um, very good for, for people to have that well-rounded knowledge of diversity. Yeah, okay. And so what's your background? So community services, well, not, I guess not straight away. So I used to, um, I worked hospitality for a really long time because I'm kind of old now. So, you know, (laughs) sort of. but um, I went back to study in my late 30s and thought I want to do something different. I was doing some mentoring for Berry Street and thought. What's Berry? So it's um, a community organisation. So they do foster care and um, a whole lot of family services and things like that. And I thought, I'd like to do something something like this. So I went back and studied. So, mm-hmm. and I'm still studying. Um, um, so yeah, and I'm 52 now. So <laughs> it's like, um, I've studied for a while now, but yeah, so that's my background is community services, basically and mental health and AOD. So, okay. Yeah. And have you always embraced diversity? Yeah, I think so. Um, like throughout, like since you were young? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with someone the other day and we were talking about that and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I had a lot of friends from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and, and, um, as I was growing up, I grew up in Adelaide, um, and and I have my cousin, who um, I adore, is um, a gay man. And um, so I grew up with him as well. And then, you know, we'd go out clubbing and do all of that and made a lot of friends in community and things like that. So, yeah, I've always yeah mm-hmm. embraced. Well, I don't know. If, I don't even know if embrace is the word. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it's always been part of part my of, life. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah feels natural. Very, it, very natural, natural. Yeah. yeah. It's just people are people and, mm. um, yeah, and, you know, mm. I've been friends with lots of different cohorts and, mm. yeah, lots of different people and done lots of stuff and, yeah. yeah. So you, how long have you been in the Latrobe Valley? Oh, God, how long now? Probably nearly 17 years. Okay. Yeah, so a long time now. So, mm. yeah, I moved. Um, I was living in Melbourne prior to that. Um, I moved to Melbourne in 94 from Adelaide. Um, and then when I met my now partner, um, I moved down here. Yeah. So a bit of a not quite sea change, but change. <laughs> yeah. Change in also, did you notice a change in people's attitudes? Yes, definitely. So when I moved down here, I had bright red hair and the stairs. 
And it's like, I came from Melbourne. No one stares at you in Melbourne because it's just whatever. Um, and then I noticed, yeah, the um, discrimination a bit more. Not as much as I thought I would in a small community, but it was definitely there in mm. some pockets. Um, and especially working with young people um, that were from um, the LGBTQIA plus community, um, a lot of resistance. Mm. So, yeah, that, that kind of, sh- I don't know if it shocked me, but it was, it was there and it was very present. And um, even subtly with some people who profess to be accepting, um, which that shocked me more probably. People that sort of um, talked the talk but didn't actually walk it. Mm-hmm. Yeah if that makes sense. Mm. So, yeah. So working with um, Pride's really good because everybody on board walks it. They mm-hmm. do it. We all walk together and um, support each other and support mm. the community, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The people who... You've been surprised by the people who are saying talk it but don't walk it. Yeah. What, what do they need to do to walk it? Probably a bit more education, probably mm-hmm. a bit more involving themselves and immersing themselves, not just... To- tokenistic Mm -hmm. sort of um, participation, Mm. actually getting involved, I think makes a big Mm. difference because you're then immersing yourself into some other people's lives and you're seeing how it affects them. And I guess, you know, me being a cisgendered heteronormative woman, I've got a heap of privilege. I don't have the barriers that some other people have. Um, And I think people have got to check their privilege a lot. Mm. Um, And I think that would help if they just realise that, you know, they're really lucky they can walk down the street and hold hands with whoever they want and no one's going to bat their eyes. Um, and they think just thinking from other people's perspectives might help a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you sometimes feel, yeah, how, how do you, I guess, reconcile that privilege within yourself to, when you're dealing with so much marginalisation and... I don't know that you do, do you? No, I, um, yeah. I think, I mean, look, I, you know, I always feel that you know, I'm in a position where I'm I'm lucky, so I need to be a voice for people that aren't quite as privileged. Mm. I think that's that's sort of it. And so, speaking up when people make comments, speaking up when, you know, I don't know. I guess I guess that's the main one when people are making comments. And I've had you know people in class, you know, make the odd comment, and it's like you can't you can't say that. You know, and this is why you can't say that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is why you shouldn't say that. Yeah. Um, and that's been a bit of an eye opener. I think that kind of thing. And you have to do it from a place of love and compassion too, because, you know, you're not going to win any wars with being aggressive and, and you know, chopping people down. And mm. um, But I think from that educational perspective, and I think education needs to start earlier in schools and things like that, um, you know, Doing talks about LGBTQIA plus in schools, I think, needs to happen because you've got a lot of young people that are, you know, questioning their sexuality and gender perhaps. And if they had that safe space in schools, that might actually help a lot of young people. Mm. Yeah. What do you think the power allies have? Um, I think that you can be a good voice um, for other people that aren't in community and you can go, well, you know, this is how I feel about it and um, have you thought about this and have you thought about that and have you thought about how it doesn't actually affect your life, you know? Um, 
what other people do um, really, how is it hurting you? And I think people get a bit, people I've come across have been a bit funny because it's like, it's almost like, why have you got a say in someone's life? And I think it was really funny. I was clearing out photos on my phone the other day and um, I'd taken a photo when we voted on marriage equality. And I had obviously voted, yes, it should happen, you know, and I was like, I've got to be annoyed with, well, why did I even have to vote for that? And and at the time it was very much that. I shouldn't have to vote so that someone can have the same right that I've got. That's just ridiculous. It should just be a given that anybody can marry whoever they love because that's what it should be. Um, and I think, you know, I think people need to just sit back and go, what's it got to do with you? How does this affect your life? Um, you know, have you, you know, and I, I've heard from an, an older person um, I heard say, oh, but, you know, they shouldn't really be like that, should they? And I'm like, be like what? Like, what, what, what do you mean? And I think if you break it down and kind of almost social work someone a little bit, like, so tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? They actually realise how silly it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that education pathway is probably the best, I guess. Mm. And the softly, softly, because going at it like a bullet gate doesn't always work. Mm. But um, it takes time with some people, mm. unfortunately. It sounds like, just talking to Caitlin uh, and Pollyanna yesterday, yep. um, that during the plebiscite it was a quite a... It, well, it, it brought to the surface a lot yep. of ugliness and yeah. hate. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And I think um, I'm not a religious person and I think that a lot of that was, you know, from that religious perspective. Again, I just don't understand how it's hurting anybody Um and I guess that's my perspective because I can't see that. I can see how other people see that. It's it's a bit like, you know, people go, oh, I don't see colour. Well, you have to see colour because if you don't see colour or you don't see gender and you don't see things like that, then you're, you know, they're people that you're, that are marginalised and, and, and you're just contributing to that oppression then. Um, but you have to see it and accept it. And I don't, yeah... Mm. It's it's a really mm. it's a really tricky one to get people that can't can't see that there's it's not going to hurt them, mm. you know. And I think a lot of people come from that place of fear, mm. and I'm not sure why. Yeah. What hopes do you have for the Latrobe Valley or Gippsland area? <sighs> so for- thriving. I think you know the the area is thriving at the moment. But I hope that and and I can see it. There's more people that come out to events. There's more people that. Um, get on board. We have a lot of volunteers that are, especially um, allies now that are like, well, we want to help. We mm. want to, we, we want to be part of this. And I think that's a really nice thing to see. Um, but I'd like to see more allies because I think that, you know, and, I, and I've often joked with, you know, Caitlin and said, you know, I feel weird sitting on committee because mm. I'm not part of LGBT community. And she's like, yeah, but you're an ally and we need allies. And I think we actually really do because it's like, y- you might be able to, if I go, well, I'm an ally, why can't you be? to other people and they might start to think, oh, okay, maybe I can do something. Mm. I don't know. I I don't know what the mm. the big picture outcome, but that would be my, my wish is that just, you know, people are accepting and, you know, not judgmental mm. and, and inclusive. I think inclusivity is probably the biggest thing is mm. like, and I guess another thing for Gippsland especially, that there are services available, especially for young people because... You know, we don't have gender services down here and it's a huge barrier if a parent's saying they're supportive but they're not completely on board. 
it's a good way to get mm. out of doing it because, oh, it's too far to go, we can't afford to travel down, whatever the reasoning is. So having some more health services down here, having education for GPs so that they actually um, get a better perspective and aren't as judgmental um, because people refuse to go to GPs because they've been discriminated against. And why would you, you know? And that means that unfortunately, if there is something wrong, it doesn't get diagnosed early enough and there's not the early intervention that can be done for some people. And that's that's down to to those services to, to be better. Mm. Yeah, mm. if that makes sense, yeah. How has being part of the LGBTQIA plus community, how has it gifted you? Like how is it, you know... What has it given you? Family. It's mm-hmm. um, especially committee. It, it's it's like a fam- it's like a big family, and I, I think it's um, it's given me some passion to do something. Like I've 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 always done some form of volunteer work or something like that, but I'm really passionate about this. So it, it gives me a purpose. Like it gives me you know work's great and I love work, but sometimes you don't get everything from that. You know. Um, and especially not working with young LGBT um, people anymore. Um, so this mm. is fulfilling. It gives It's that part of my life. And I think my husband said, I haven't seen you this excited about things for a long time. So it brings that to me. I feel like, I, I feel like I'm doing something. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. What would you say to other people, other allies? Or no, well, not yet allies. <laughs> people who want to be yeah. and want to get involved, but they're hesitant because... You know, they're not sure it's their role or, yeah. yeah, what would you say to them? I guess come talk to us. Come talk to, you know, send Gippsland Pride Initiative an email and, and if you want to talk to an ally, I'm always open to talking to people. Um, I um, I think to be a good ally, you just have to be there and, and want to help and that's a good start. So um, find out how you can. I think that's the main thing. And we've always got positions for volunteers to come and help, especially at the events, because, you know, there's only 10 of us on committee and we all have, you know, work families, you know, we do this, for, you know, it's voluntary. So it's like, yeah, come help us, especially with things like our Pride Gala, because it's such a big event that having um, people on board and um, especially allies too, and that, that, you know, they're creating a bigger safe space in the world if they come on board and do stuff. What does pride mean to you? Um, happiness, inclusivity, um, and allowing people to be who the hell they are. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Mm, lovely. Thank you so much. That's okay, no worries. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming in. No problems at and, all. Um, have you tried the wood-fired pizza yet or it's not ready? Not yet. I'm okay. about to go and embark on that, I think. Yeah. No. <laughs> This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pridefinder, the Rainbow Road Trip was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, 
Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA plus Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes. 